to the Hard Luck Show. You know what it is. Big Lux here with the Indian and Old Blue Eyes. That's right. Yeah. What's up, Mr. Indian? <clears throat> Yo, uh, when my mic gets turned to motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Elegant Barbarian is here. Um, Big Lux, you and I were talking a little bit about recently what was been going on in Tijuana where there was all those blockades, yeah. right? Yeah. New generation, brother. What generation? New generation. Man, the, the, the big narco family. So, from what I understood from a gentleman named Ed Calderon, who is kind of known for being somebody who I believe worked in, quote-unquote, counter-narcotics um, and with the Mexican government and with the American government, but lives in Tijuana, knows a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they were asking him, like, what's going on in Tijuana? Like, is this cartel next generation Jalisco? Is mm-hmm. who's, New generation. Is it new generation? Yeah. Who, who is being reported as being the cause of this sort of thing that was going on? And uh, he laid it out. And he yeah. was like, yeah. um, somebody got arrested, <clears throat> right? Somebody big in the organization got arrested by the Mexican government. Yeah. And then to send a message, Calderon said what happened was... They organized, right? Um, and he said it wasn't it wasn't like Sicarios or anybody doing it. They paid youngsters or people to basically steal cars and set them in on fire in strategic places in Tijuana mm-hmm. to block traffic and basically shut the city down for like an entire weekend. Yeah, and like nobody. You know, there was no nobody was killed or anything, but he was just saying essentially that new generation was sending a message to right the Mexican government to say, "Hey, we're in control, and we want some of our guys released." Right. What I mean, what is your understanding of? I mean, the last I I watched Narcos. That's the extent of my knowledge necessarily, and that's all a bunch of old stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's it is, and it, it comes up to somewhat contemporary times, but not to the to the newest. And you got to remember, now you're talking like you're talking about, you know, that that show is talking about things that were going on, you know, thirty five years ago, right? And then brings you up even to maybe ten, fifteen years ago. But in all that time, you got to remember, like these, a lot of these cartels had kids and nephews that have now grown. A lot of these guys have gotten locked up, gotten killed. Right. And <clears throat> there's a new generation. You know what's interesting is, <clears throat> you know, years back these guys kind of ran the cities, um, um. Uh, like Guadalajara and Jalisco and like some of these bigger cities, they that that was where they were at and that was their territories and that's what they ran. Right. And they kind of stayed away from a lot of the big um, tourist areas and the, the the newer development of the Playa del Carmen's or the um, um, 
Tulum's and places like that that you've seen start to get very popular over the last 15 years. Right. They really <clears throat> weren't in these in these places. And even when you would think about big areas like Cancun, <clears throat> they weren't really in those places. They were more in this. And what you've seen is you've seen this new young generation. Right. These cartels starting to kind of embrace these areas and start to look at new avenues of their growth, their power. And, uh, you know, some of these places like the Cancuns and stuff like that, I mean, some of these hotels and some of these places are now being controlled and ran by some of these cartels. Well, it makes sense, though, in a certain way, because <clears throat> in at one point... The you big nightclubs and big, you know... It makes sense, though, because on some level you can see where, on the one hand, everybody in these various organizations, including the government, might have an understanding that, like, these places are off... You know, this is we're, this this is off the table because it's a tourist thing, and we're not trying to create that kind of drama at that point. Bad for business. Yeah. But the flip side is, is at some point, uh, it maybe it signals a shift in the Mexican economy to the extent that the cartels are saying, "Well, if this is where the government feels right vulnerable, then we're going to show you that we can now apply pressure here." I mean, I've, I, I mean, I, there was, there was, I, I don't know if it was exactly Tulum, but there's an area like that that's very developed. There was big promoters came out there and started building, putting together huge nightclubs. Right. Because there was so much tourism and great, and so big DJs, big nightclubs. And then, fucking, everybody's at these nightclubs because these are the popping spots in Mexico, right? Right. And I heard there was like a few years ago a giant shootout. And fucking all sorts of tourists were caught in the middle of like gunfire. Yeah. And so that sent like this huge message of like, now these areas are unsafe. Like now there's shootings and different shit and fucking going on in these places. Right. Where there was usually none of that was, it was unscathed. There, that stuff hadn't traveled to those areas. That's why those areas were desired. And I'm hearing that just in general, that the 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 grip and the extent um, is growing. You know, it's really really circumferencing a lot of areas. In so, so there's there's the new generation cartel, and from what I've read, right mm-hmm. there's a it is reported so called that the 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 person who runs it and it, I think it's in the newspapers or whatever is somebody called El Mencho, right? And um, and they are also saying that there's new tunnels, right? And you build a house or you have a house, and then the tunnels under the house and they're shipping. But lately, what they're saying is is that actually border crossing or human trafficking in that regard is is starting to become the bigger business now, and that in some ways the drug sales aspect has switched from trying to get it into the United States because so many Americans have found California so expensive to live in, they've moved to Tijuana. And there's these huge areas where now the cartel is able to do their buys or sells or whatever it is to these American 
expats. They don't even have to go up to the border anymore. And they're they're controlled. And I watched this video with uh, <clears throat> Ed Calderon, who was driving around, and he, was, he wasn't showing anything he wasn't supposed to show. Mm-hmm. But he was showing some of the old cell houses, and then he also showed the Tijuana River, right? And he said that it's almost like Mordor is on this side, and then there's this like sort of like nice area on this side. Mm. And so once you go through this area, and he said it's not like Calderon was saying it really isn't like every, you get shot at night. He said he would be more scared to be in like Chicago at night. Mm-hmm. But he definitely says there are checkpoints and they ain't police checkpoints and they want to know who you are, where you're going, and what's going on so that they can at least keep some element of control over these aspects. How do you have any sense of how that affects or how that interplays with California or Southern California at all? I haven't really heard that. That's kind of new what you're saying. Right. I, I just really, saw yeah, that. I haven't even heard that angle on it. And yeah. the, the other thing that I've seen too, is that Mexico just filed a lawsuit against the United States because all the cartels, all of their weapons are made by American manufacturers. I mean, think about that, bro. Really? Think about that. All the manufacturing and somehow they're getting down there in huge quantities. Droves. Brand new. Box this, that. Like, come on, man. Think about that. Think about this. In Mexico, from like what I read, right, <clears throat> there's only one gun manufacturer in all of Mexico. <laughs> and it's one facility, and it's under lock and key. And in order for a Mexican citizen or whoever to go actually go and purchase a gun from there, right, you got to go through like eight, nine different fucking applications, background checks, all this bullshit. It's almost impossible. But everybody's got an American-made weapon, a Colt, right? So the Mexican government filed in federal court because they're like the Amer- and most of these. I think the most of the gun manufacturers are like either in the Midwest or like in Connecticut or mm-hmm. some shit like that. Right. Somehow all of those weapons. Now think about how much shit we talk about Mexico delivering quote unquote drugs to the United States illicitly. Right. 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 We haven't heard whatever the fuck boop whatever the fuck it is. We haven't heard one word about all the illegal American arms that get down into Mexico. I mean, who's paying attention to the books of how many are being produced and how many are being sold? Like, I mean, they don't. how many give-me-up trucks there are? Dude, they have what they... So there's all these weird gun loopholes. Like, gun... You can have, like, a, a gun convention where people are just selling private sales from one person to another... And they're all happening all along Texas, Arizona, and California. So you got this giant big fucking gun convention, fucking yokels or whatever. But who's keeping track of the guns? Nobody. And, and I'm sure that half those guys, you can be like, hey, dude, I need a crate of 45s. And they can get them. Right. Imagine how, how if they're not even tracking the AR-15s, right, that you can buy at a fucking Walmart, right? 
Imagine how many of those are getting down to Mexico and arming whomever. I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, think about the amount of artillery that's going down there. Right. And think about in the weird way how that plays out. Like, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a strange way, like you go, so what percentage of American gun manufacturers depend on the technically legal purchase of their guns and the illegal Please. shipment of that shit down south. Man, bro. How much how much money is there in that? And then when that danger's created and you get like migration up to the United States, then everybody can be like, what the hell's going on? What do you what, is what is a free for all? Does nobody respect mm-hmm. the law anymore? Right, right, right. Really think about that. It's, I don't think it's by mistake. I don't think it's by accident. I mean, there is a lot going on down there, and everybody's got American guns. Right. They, they don't have Mexican guns. No. They got American guns. They don't have Russian guns. They don't have Chinese guns. They don't got Iranian guns. They got American guns, but you don't hear shit about that. And these American guns... Companies are just steady making guns. They're not feeling no effects of any fucking nothing. If anything, business is getting better for them with the laws that keep on passing. Right. Right? Right. Right. And then you have to think to yourself, who benefits from a a super dangerous society? Who benefits from that? And the, the whole fear factor is just sell more guns. Right. The only thing that can stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. And isn't and then look at these I wonder you know what the other tie in I would imagine would be like think about how about these do these gun companies that are making all these what do they have to do with all the gaming game developers and gaming companies? Like the relationship? Where is that at? Because there's more and more games where everybody's got crazy. You could pick out this artillery, this right. gun, that kind of you weaponry. You learn about it. <laughs> right. And then the kid's fucking on there from fucking seven years old till he's 18. Right. Playing with all these high-powered weaponry. What's the first thing he wants to do as soon as he turns 18? Go get a real one. Well, that's what happened to Sean. Old Blue Eyes. He played all those fucking shooter games and he bought a shotgun. And so what's the priming going on there? What are they priming for? I mean, look at the music videos. Everybody's got fucking guns. Everybody's rapping about them. I mean, come on, dude. Who's benefiting from all this shit? Dude, imagine, right? I mean, imagine. Do you think at some point that in all these various meetings in the Pentagon and at those levels, the higher up echelons of yes, the military, yes, yes. that they have discussions about how to make better soldiers, how to, how do we do whatever? And do you think at at any time somebody said, you know what? I wish we could make, I wish we could make a simulator that would take away the horror of war, but only the stuff guys like, and I wish we could get it to all the kids. So that they could start learning about war, but like from a removed safe distance without any of the realities. 
And so that by the time they're 17 and 18, we don't have a problem filling up the spaces in the Army. Bro, you know they did that. What do you mean? What do you mean? The Army had a, a, it was a first-person shooter. It was called like America's Army or something like that. I don't know. This was um, maybe like, I want to say like 10 years ago. And they had they had a first person shooter, and it was made by the army. What does that mean? What does a first person shooter mean? Uh, so like a first person shooter is like where you have the gun and you're like looking down the sight. You know, so it's like COD or whatever. It's like you know you're you're it in means, control of the gun. It means that the screen is showing you what you would see with your own eyes. You're not seeing a guy in front, and you just see like the weapons down below. So it looks like your perspective. That's first person shooter. So, anyways, they Ameri- or America's Army was uh, a game made by the army, or they—they, they, I don't know if they made it, but they hired someone to make it. Was the first war game? No, I mean, you know, they were just copying what you know Battlefield was doing or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it was—I I think it was like a recruitment tool, right? Obviously, a recruitment tool, but my but but in any event, right? So yeah, those things are all linked up, you know. And we were we have shows sometimes where we talk a little bit about how difficult it is for everybody to go outside or interact socially. I think part of it is related to creating more dangerous spaces outside. There, it's just getting more and more dangerous, or at least the perception is that. Right, like the perception is like it's getting more and more dangerous. Then when you go to these wealthier neighborhoods, they're sectioned off. It's a different experience. And I think, I don't know if this is intended or not, but I think I got to believe that if you're in a constant sense of embattlement or survival, you have less of a chance of self-development, self-empowerment, self-improvement. Sure. You know, questioning things and deciding. And by the way, that goes for north and south of the border. Like, like, you know, sometimes, you know, I feel like, because the American government doesn't do shit right, but that I don't think all the other governments are doing anything right either. Right. And, you know, they're real good at, like, let's think about it. Like, they're real, real good at uh, really branding all this you know cartel stuff you know even even narcos the film but like right they really 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 want to dress these guys up with automatic guns slaughtering people and it's sucking and i think on a whole look at the condition of mexico as a as a whole bro and their economy and what america's played a big part in fucking raping fucking Mexico in a lot of ways and taking advantage and leaving them in a fucked up position. Let me ask you a question. That's a good point, and I agree with it. What is, how does that, how would you compare that to what we do in Canada? Like, why aren't we doing that in Canada? I'm not saying we're good to Canada. No, 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 no. Really? I mean, what's your thought? I think there's a lot of white people in Canada. (laughs) You know? Um, I (laughs) I think there's a lot of resources in Canada. Right. There's a lot of uh, natural resources that we want out of Canada. Um, less but, people. Less people. Uh, white people established it early. Yeah. Right? Right. Um, and I think the color of skin has a lot to do with it. I think you're you know? right. 
And you know what's interesting is I was looking at Tijuana when we were kind of going over these thoughts and the shows, and I was thinking, like, what the fuck do we really know about Tijuana historically? Like, on one level, if you go back far enough in history, there was no border near Tijuana. In fact, Tijuana is, it's disputed, but Tijuana is an Indian name from the, the, the people that lived there, the, 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 the Kumaye, right? These, these Indians, before the Spaniards and before the Mexicans and before the Americans, were living in this area, San Diego, through down into North Baja, into Baja, California. And they, I was reading about it, there's, they have evidence that the natives in that area, right, lived there at least the presence of there like 12,000 years ago. Wow. Right, Tijuana. And, Tijuana me, and there's a Tijuana River, and Tijuana is some sort of Kumaye word, and they're not sure, and, they, and there's like, you know, Kumaye is like the larger, I think, the larger aspect of the people that live there, and then there's like three little branches. And they, they lived in clans, the it's I think the clans are called like shulks or shmulks, which sounds kind of Yiddish, but it's 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 a Kumaye word, and they're kind of clans patrilineal, so it doesn't go through the mother, it goes through the father, mm. and they designated like the land and the area, right? These clans would live together, so larger than the family unit, and people could at least for what I went, so I went to the Indians website kumia.com and there's a reservation they were also known as the um diegueño the the diegueño indians which is what the priests the missionaries would have called them right right and so these indians have been there and have stayed there and they would their people would go all the way over to yuma which is like by Arizona, mm-hmm. right? So they're they're that far, and they have like a, a West Coast culture, and they have an East Kumeyaay type culture, really? right? And the, yeah, absolutely. They dammed up some of the rivers on the West Coast to make all these wetlands because it would make crops. They fucking the and the major food source was acorns. Really? Yeah. So all these California oaks have acorns. They would make. Flour, like you would have wheat flour. They made flour out of the acorns, all of the Indians, and they have fucking acorn cake. I don't know what it tastes like. I'm sure some fucking New Age motherfucker is going to try Right, that. right. Right. So then at some point, the Spanish come through Cabrillo, right, San Diego and all that other shit. And then at some point, uh, Mexico gets its independence from Spain. So all these government authorities are pushing the Indians around, but they've never gone away. And now they're here, and they still have a reservation and then, like, in the 1920s, Tijuana was, like, one of the few places where you could go and gamble because it was illegal. Right. And it, like, took off in sort of, like, this is where everyone in California pretty much would go. And then during Prohibition, alcohol was legal. I bet you there's a million fantastic fucking stories about bootleggers and all this other kind of shit going to Tijuana living it up and then, you know, bringing back some hooch or whatever the fuck they were doing. But it was kind of like the Atlantic City. Really? In its time. And they had like a racetrack and they had all this shit. And then I think Tijuana changed its policies in the 30s or 40s. And ultimately, where we're at today from what I gathered about what Tijuana is, is that it's 
in, at least in relationship to the United States, the car manufacturers, like all the major car manufacturers have factories there in Tijuana, I, obviously to cut costs on labor. And then we create a dangerous situation down there for everybody. And that makes America, by comparison, seem like the land of opportunity. So a lot of people do come up. And for as much shit as, as people talk, some people, not all, about like, we got to stop the flood of immigrants, American business would grind to a halt if we didn't have these indentured servants who don't have papers to take a pay cut because it's, it's just so much worse than their original company. Right. And right. it's partly the reason why it's worse is because American it, Maybe guns. it's set up like that, like you're saying. Yeah, I think it is. I think it 1,000% is, bro. We'll make it so bad that we'll, you guys will be our slaves. Then. So it'll be cheap labor for us. Right. But we have to keep it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill bad down there i think i think also oh wow, man that might be the whole setup dude and i think like when we talk about like the dea and what goes on down there right mm -hmm. i don't want to denigrate individual stories because i i do believe that like on both sides and in and, and all the various sides there are true stories of individuals who believe in something or they're trying to do something i agree whether they're criminal or not whatever like right i think but the overall setup Right. Like, so I feel like the U.S. government and, and the Mexican government, maybe the U.S. government plays the cartels off the Mexican government and vice versa. So no one gets complete control, but it stays destabilized. Yes. Yeah, bro. Man, when you look at it, it looks like that, though. It really it feels does. like that. It really does. Because you don't. It's it's like a cat mouse game, and they let it go so far, and then they reel it in. Right. So far, and then reel it in. But the whole relationship overall keeps on working the same exact way. Yeah. And we just stand there and watch it. Well, or yeah. Or control it, or you know. Yeah. Allow it to continue to keep doing what it does. Well, yeah, and then it has to be because if you look at the. The fentanyl and the oxycotton shit, right? It's clearly blue chip American companies that know how to flood the streets with their shit somehow. And I'm learning this in other industries that I've I've worked as an attorney. I'm discovering that one of the games, right? If let's say you're doing fentanyl or you're you're doing oxycotton, right? And you kind of if you're naive, you're like, how the fuck I mean, why would a blue chip company, you know, why would they put illegal prescriptions out on the street? That doesn't make any sense. And that's not right. And, and then is I thought people are keeping track of this shit. But based on on what I see, invent, inventory is a game. <clears throat> it's a real fucking game. Um. And I think it might even work in all industries, actually, this way now. I think I might have been naive, but I think I realize now that there's a certain amount of inventory and people who are in charge of counting and recording what's there who also are aware that 
a little to divert some of it. And it, as long as it's not too noticeable, everybody kind of knows that's what's going on. So long as it's not outrageous, nobody says anything. And you look in the records and it looks kind of like, and then you have this one problem in the system and nobody's ever been able to quite fix it and blah, 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 blah. Who knows? They do that even in Mexico with cigarettes. I was reading this article about the cigarette manufacturers in Mexico. And the, the, what, they, what some of them have done is, um, so like here, tobacco's taxed. And like here, people figure out ways to get cigarettes off the books so you don't got to pay taxes. They're cheaper and it's like free money. Same thing in Mexico. They have a way of setting up the lot information so that you don't. So... Why wouldn't that be the same with the guns? It would be. Same thing. Right. And so long as, and I wouldn't even say this is just Mexico. I might even say that this is part of the reason why the American military industrial complex is so big. How much of that shit gets lost? And when it gets lost and somebody uses it, how much instability does that create around the world? E- uh, Egypt. Africa. I mean, Gaddafi. Remember? Yeah. Well, remember when they left Afghanistan? And they left all that shit. They left a shit, like billions of dollars worth of fucking equipment. Right. And the way they covered it up was making it look like military incompetence and, and like the government was just fucked up and tried to get out of there too fast. But they wound up leaving behind a bunch of shit. That leaves a big, big <laughs> amount to allocate to it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Who knows if fucking anything was left? Well, I mean, I, who knows if in the negotiation with the Taliban... They were like, I'll tell you what, we'll leave a bunch of shit that's going to help you stay in power, mm-hmm. right? But in the public, we're going to make it look like we're fucked up because technically it goes against our diplomacy and all that. We're not supposed to do that. So we'll make it look like an accident. I, I mean, I just look at all of that and I'm like, wow, that game is, that's Deep. a bit, that's a long game. Yeah. But you, you would have to expect that it would be. Yeah, man. I I agree with that, bro. Right? So that's why sometimes I think like in terms of of like for the common man or the common woman, like where do we go from here without getting caught up in the sort of cuz it's it almost seems like at that level what how are you going to operate in such a way that you're outside the 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 system that they created? It almost sometimes feels like even if you took on a, a criminal activity, like, let's say, you know, let's say like a group of kids got together and wanted to do like a car theft ring. It might actually, in the long run, maybe support the car industry. And like, You know what I mean? Right, right. Does that make sense what yeah. I'm saying? Yes. So if you wanted an alternative, I'm now wondering what's the move? How do you really get out of that shit? Think you hear what he's saying, Sean? Can you? Uh, can I think of a way to get out of that? Well, I mean, are you are you listening to, and are you sensing that like this might be a reason why we haven't been able to, as a society, move to the next level? Yeah, 
because it almost seems like some of the acts of rebellion are actually baked into the system to to harden it or to keep it going. You're saying the rebellion itself is perpetuating like a, an authority. Right. So like you're allowed to do these things if you want. Here's the risks. Here's the payoff. But it almost justifies the existence of the system. Uh, if everybody was to just cool the fuck out, everybody just chill. I say this all the time, and I don't know why it doesn't happen, but I'm like, if everybody just fucking said, you know what? I'm not going to work today. We're all not going to work. We don't give a fuck. Good luck making your Doritos, motherfucker. <laughs> right? Like, good luck getting the soda into the fucking 7-Eleven, asshole. None of us are doing shit. We don't care. We'll drink water. We'll smoke weed. And we'll just fucking wait this shit out until your rich children start screaming about shit. And then you guys make a better deal. I, I, I can't think of an alternative other than doing kind of what Nueva Generation Jalisco did, which is not necessarily violent, but saying economically violent. Like, yeah. we can shut this shit down if you want. Right, we're not yeah. asking for everything. We just—it's it's too fucked up. It's too—it's too many crazy homeless people who don't have care on the street. I can't even walk around the right. goddamn city. Mm. Like, what Bro. the fuck? My teacher's wearing a bulletproof vest. Come on. Yeah, and they—I tell you one thing: you can say what you want about some of these fucking spots. The fucking kids in their fucking schools are a lot safer than they are here. I totally agree with that. You don't have people advocating to make schools more dangerous like we do here in the United States. Yeah. Dude, my wife sent me this video of this kid who had a, like a bulletproof backpack. <sighs> right. And his, the mom was teaching him how to use it. To hide behind it? Yeah, hide it behind it. It's crazy. That's crazy, bro. <sighs> and then like... Uh, in Wyoming. I don't know where it was, but yeah. th then she was saying something like, and what if you, if someone comes in and is there anyone in here and like call, ask you to call out? And the kid was like, yeah, I'll call out. Or is it, and she's like, no, 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 you don't say nothing. You just hide. <laughs> That's fucking nuts. Not only that, but like, um, we're real fucked up. We really are fucked up. Clear backpacks. What happened? What happened to America when we're like, we have these problems. These gun problems, these like... The gun problems weren't this bad when the weapons bans were in place. That's number one. Nobody doubts that. When no what weapons bans were in but place? Also like there was assault weapons bans uh, that were in place, I want to say in 2000, either 2000 or 2010. And the only reason why it got in place was because of the real bad shit that had been happening. It was in place. And the only reason why... These conservative fucking jerkwads allowed it was because it had a sunset provision that it would end at some point. Yeah, but like, it, it's not just the guns. Go it's ahead, like, keep going. It, there's something wrong with the people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, who the fuck goes into, who kills to, kids, bro? Well, but you can't get to the people to start fixing the people while they're fucking shooting up everything. So we got to fucking get the guns first. Well, 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 so you know what's interesting is is in reading about serial killers and people who do this do this kind of shit, one of the things that they look at as a signature, like if they're just looking at one, they look at the signature which is what was the overkill? 
What are the circumstances around the kill? Because that will tell you what they're trying to destroy. And then by destroying it, they're trying to possess it or show domination over it. So if you're killing kids in a school, right, now, this is like amateur shit I'm talking about, but then you obviously are trying to destroy school, children, childhood, right, education. That's what you are threatened by. That's what's threatening you and that you have to destroy. So when you say what's wrong with the people... It is somehow related to how we've constructed childhood, how we've constructed school, because that's the thing that people are targeting. They're not targeting. Wow, that's interesting. They're not targeting like Burger Kings. They're targeting schools. Well, at one point in time, do you remember where the mass shootings were going on before they were going in schools? Post office. Work, work, big work areas. That's right. Office. That's right. That is right. And it's changed. And it's also changed the age of these shooters. That's right. It's all come down further. Man, remember that? It was like for, there was a period of time. Postal. That was the fucking thing. It was usually like, right, a Caucasian, middle-aged Caucasian who was overworked or something, falling down. That movie, remember that? Yeah, right? and all he shot was his boss, a boss and the oh, two other guys. Workers. Right, a couple, a couple of workers, right, and a couple workers work. that pissed him off. That pissed him off. He was making some supervisors kind of, and yeah, right, manager. dominating something. Right, but you're right. But now it's it's gone past that on to the schools. Well, listen, dude, listen. I mean, think about look. Let's look at the bullying problem. Right, right. Look, let's look at all, all the kids that are being fucking sexually abused or. You know, I mean, that's uh, fucking, true. This is, uh, you know, coaches, but, and there's a lot going on in schools. But what's crazy is, though, you don't hear about mass shootings against, like, Boy Scouts leaders. Right? Those guys, they had to settle, like, a billion, or even at Catholic churches. They had to settle billion-dollar fucking cases because there was so many pedophiles fucking with these kids. Right. And 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 there is pedophilia going on for sure. Well, we have started to see some some church killings. Right. But those but that killing, that's true. There was a Southern Baptist killing, but that seemed to be slightly like was that, that was race motive yeah. motivated? It was interesting. You're right, but that was race motivated. But what I'm saying is is like for these younger people that are coming in, what about the guy that shot up Las Vegas Country Western concert? That was crazy. Right? That was weird. I mean, that was real weird. That guy had it a whole set up. So, that was super premeditated. Too. I mean, like, lots of ammunition. Like, right. Like, crazy. he had to make, like, eight trips up to his he had, like, room. Belt-fed fucking machine gun. Right. He had a little fucking mini Gatling gun thing going on up there, and he was shooting into a country western concert. That's fucking nuts. I mean, I remember the stories that those people were telling. They were like, I heard something go by my ear. I thought it was a bug. And then somebody's head just exploded, and there was blood everywhere, and I had to run for cover. Well, it's like crazy. I'm surprised that guy didn't kill more people. Well, you got that. You parades. Right. A lot of parades. You got bombs going off of fucking fuck. the, uh, uh, marathon? the marathon. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, what the crazy. fuck? There was a big old marathon. Remember when marathons were getting blown up? Yeah, yeah, Boston Marathon. 
Yeah, I think I I think from a practical standpoint, I just think that we've tried everything else except getting rid of the weapons. So so think about bullying. Dude, I was bullied. I was too. Right. A lot of people have been bullied in their lives, but they didn't have access to a gun. And when I was bullied, right, I was told by adults like, Everybody gets bullied. You just got to learn how to deal with it. Fight back. Or whatever they fucking say to you, uh, that's just their opinion. And I remember like, fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, sticks and stones. Right. Right. A part of it was like, you just had to fucking survive that shit. But there was no access to an AR-15. There was no access to whatever and maybe to there's a structure as to the difference maybe there's something about the way we think about victimization Hmm. like maybe the way we look at being and I'm not advocating for people to get hurt but maybe the way we also look at when you're victimized by someone, how long you're supposed to nurse that wound and then how long are you supposed to remember it? How long are you supposed to go back and get your revenge, right? Also, I think like part of another element too is I think that like the question also remains like what are you what are you going to do if you're faced with a circumstance that you can't control so in my mind what seems to be happening is is that somebody gets to a level where they feel like they don't they want to reassert control but the only option they think that's involved for them is to shoot and kill people let me ask you this go ahead you were on to something, though, when you were talking about the bullying in the school thing. Let's go a step further. All right. Women's liberation. Okay. And the idea that that was actually to tax women. It yeah. was actually to separate the family. Yeah. The parent. Yeah. So if you start looking at that and you start looking at what is school. Yeah. Now... If it was meant to separate the families and get control over your kids, yeah. let's think about what we're teaching kids. And what we're teaching kids is a bunch of bullshit when you really start looking at what we're teaching and how we're teaching. Mm. There's a lot of bullshit in it, too. Sure. And what if this is just the repercussions of just the bullshit? I mean, you talk about it all the time. This thing is set up for you to fucking be a robot. Yeah. They don't want you getting too smart. They want you to buy into the nine to five so you can work in a cubicle. Yeah. What if this whole thing's just like people are just starting to really become aware of it's just bullshit because you are starting to turn us on the robots and there's no way. But we have to watch social media and TV about all these great lives that the 1% are living. But we'll never get to be that. Man, I think you you hit it on the head. I all I mean, what I, if this is the backdraft of all that? Maybe this is 
flushing the shit down and packing so much shit in the toilet that it's starting to erupt. It's a big lie. It's a big... I think you're right. I think you may have really hit it on the head, too. I think that turning us into robots... Let me put it to you this way. When you set up a system, and I'm not just talking... Like, the whole system you just laid out. Consumer system and all that, right? Right. Turning you into a robot. But at the heart of the matter is that a human will never really be able to be a robot. But you've adopted robot tastes... You've adopted the expectations that I'm going to be able to repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat this performance. Subtly. But you're a human. So when you try to get humans in mass to think of themselves as robots and to set those kinds of expectations for themselves, you're guaranteed to have frustration. I, I would think if it's unnatural, it's going to fucking Mother Nature's going to fucking reroute it on its own. If it's not natural. Look at you talked about that. Maybe all this fucking robots and all this, you know, jobs being replaced are finally going to come to a place where humans are just getting a check so they can just get back to being humans. You talked about that? Yeah, I think Like thinking way forward of what could happen. Maybe that, and maybe there's like a whole like almost... Bullshit that everything has to go through in order to get to that. Well, I definitely I, think that. But in that process, man, like, listen, man, it's a consumer. You talk about the consumer thing. I believe that, man. They want people to think that a fucking double jumbo jack with fucking cheese and bacon is freedom. Right. That the Starbucks with extra fucking right. shot is like you're doing shit, you know? <laughs> that you living in a fucking mobile home uh, is fucking freedom. Right. Know? A a van, living in a car. Right. Right. So it's like all this weird shit is being set up, but it's being set up in a way where it looks a certain way. Yeah. So you're buying it away. I mean, maybe some people are just like innately starting to feel like, you know what? There is no way out. I think that- these are desperate, hopeless acts. I definitely think that's definitely right, bro. And I think that like, I also think that we're not being taught the- the truth about uh, the reality of being human you know the reality of being human is like you're inconsistent there's a lot of shit that doesn't make sense you have conflicting passions contradictory feelings part you work hard to try to get you some control over those things but to a certain extent right it's never going to be perfect because humans are humans and it I was reading about, uh, I read Robin Williams' biography, right? And do when you really look at that guy's mind, on the one hand, you're like, man, this guy's real brilliant, like all the shit, right? And But in order to have that mind, he also had a really creative dark side. And some of that stuff does not fit the image that you had of him in the public persona. But it's human. It's real. It, the guy didn't have it all figured out. Right, and he had like three wives or whatever the fuck it was, and all this other kind of stuff. But he wasn't a bad man. Right. So when you when you think about your own self or me, right? There's some inconsistencies and there's some illogical. We were just talking about like I'm practicing not snapping. In fact, I'm going to be taking up real psychoanalysis to get to the next level of not reacting so strongly, so quickly. Why can't I just fucking cool out? 
So I think when you're not equipping people at a large level to understand or accept that about themselves, you get to that level of desperation that you were talking about, which is like, we're stuck here, nothing's going to change. Fuck it. Yeah, I think that the world has kind of moved in the direction of make a living, not make a life. Yeah. And and the pressures of that. And we all fall victim to it. Yeah. But uh, I think people are getting fed up. I think overall people are getting fed up. There's a lot more shootings. There's a lot more crazy shit. I don't know that all this was going on fucking 100 years ago. Oh, I don't think it was. That's what I'm saying. It definitely wasn't. They had schools 100 years ago here, and there wasn't this shit. They had schools, and they had access to guns. I mean, there was not even metal detectors invented. They had access to guns. I mean, Tom Sawyer could have just walked right in, shot the fuck out of Hook Finn, and there wasn't going to be any fucking security guard stopping him. Right. So, there's a lot, I think there's a lot more, and it's, and when you look at the world, and as crazy as some of these countries want to say, the people that are the most angry and fed up and crazy and nuts (laughs) Are in the U.S. Why you said it, bro? Just look at TikTok, bro. The whole world's watching. They're like, look at these idiots, man. Look at what- I know. So apparently, we're having signal issues today. Some of you can hear us but not see us. Some of you getting absolutely nothing at all. Some just have like a yellow screen or a black screen, or it's like frozen on a car commercial. Why are we still here, Evan? That's a good question. Because we're broadcasting on the internet. We can still be seen live streaming, and that's why Chip told me to put my clothes back on. 